new. New is something that I uh, preach about all the time, and I challenge people to step into new. Also called change. Yes. Also called growth. Yes. Also called progress. Yes. Also called faithfulness. Yes. <laughs> and I have struggled with that myself. It's crazy how much uh, my messages are shaped for others based on what I struggle with the most. So I've been thinking about that a lot. Well, and then a lot of people are that way. It's salient to you. It speaks to you. So it motivates you to share it with others. Yeah. And what I usually end up thinking is, am I challenging them with something that they don't struggle as much as I do in? But I really don't think I'm alone. I think that most people struggle with new. And so this whole thing here for me is new. Uh, it's something that I've had in the back of my mind for a long time. However, uh, the, just the, the challenge of knowing I was going to have to grow and be confident in continuing, continuing to share my thoughts uh, is challenging. And going back to what you were saying about what you preach about is oftentimes a message that's speaking to you. And, and I've heard you say that, you know, from the stage before that, hey, I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to you guys here. Trust me. Yeah. And that's why I wanted this podcast to be just these guys, you know. Yeah. Because if we introduce this as Pastor Mike and Dr. Parker. Right then we separated ourselves from them and they look over here like we're somehow smarter than them or Experts. more emotionally stable. Right. Um, we just happen to have some education, but we are still the same as everybody else. Yep. We are two guys who struggle with the same issues other guys struggle with. And it's you know, a, a sign of maturity that you would say to the audience, um, to the congregation, yeah. that this message is as much for me as it is for you out there because that's showing humility um, and letting them in on that. Sure. Yeah, I've spent years, if I'm being completely honest with myself first and then everybody else, I have spent years um, masking fear with humility right just desiring to stay in the shell and call it oh i'm just being humble right <laughs> and what it is is it's a lack of confidence and not even so much in myself but in what i preach in what god can do and so uh this is this is one step for me in trying to break out of that shell and be confident and know that God has given me something to share. And to be able to do it in partnership here with you is, I think, a great opportunity. Well, there's an old phrase, ready, aim, shoot. Mm -hmm. And there's some of us, like me, I'm probably more ready, shoot, aim. Mm -hmm. And then there's others who are ready, aim, 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 shoot. <laughs> yeah. And then there's you. <laughs> ready, ready, ready. I thought it was shoot. 
<laughs> Ready? <laughs> it's like no, the, those are the guys who make you know the news. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, that's not down good. in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> there's always a news story from some clown in Florida. Oh who, boy, yeah. You know, yeah. We won't go there. <laughs> but yeah, that's always the the funny side of the news. The guy who shot then got ready. Right. Um, I at least get the gun ready. <laughs> But before I even know where I'm going, I'm shooting. Yeah. Now, here's the here's what's interesting about that is that I, at least in my mind, I thrive on risk. So I believe the, the reality of my world and what I would love my world to be, you know, you're talking about what you want. Sure. Is different where... Even though if I look back into the past, the times where I feel like I've been, you know, the most alive, I've had the most vibrant uh, seasons, had risk attached to it. Right. Where we would either step out and do something uh, different. We, we picked up and we moved to Indianapolis for the company. We right. picked up and then from there we moved on to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania uh, from there. And that was always the element of the unknown that was really, really uh, like that. That makes my blood flow. So I'm always talking about risk, but the reality is, at 55 years of age, there are enough people riding the bus that I have to factor them in. Right. And so, you know, I guess I'm just again looking at uh, trying to find those opportunities to to take a little risk and and grow in areas that. I'm not necessarily going to drive the bus off the cliff. Well, and you were talking about earlier, your, your fear has prevented you from making movement and you masquerade as humility. And to be honest, I think most of us live in fear mm-hmm. and, and I probably experienced the exact same fear as you. My approach is the exact opposite mm-hmm. is if something, if I'm faced with something that makes me nervous or I'm afraid of, I dive in before uh-huh. I can think it through mm-hmm. and start backtracking or figuring out a way to get out. It's, you know, first day in class, somebody asks, the teacher asks a question, I'm the first one to raise my hand because I don't want to be the guy who's called on. <laughs> gotcha. So I'm in control of the risk factor here. Uh, I'm raising my hand. I'm giving a wrong answer. I'm making a fool out of myself. Now for the rest of the class, you know, I've I've set that bar pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about her calling on me because she already knows I'm not going to have the right answer when she does call on me. <laughs> That's pretty smart. And <laughs> same with a lot of other things. You know, you said let's do this podcast, and I didn't sit down and think it through and map it out and make out a plan. I just started ga- grabbing equipment plugging it in and now (laughs) here we are i'm trying to think it through sure yeah well that's that's a great bit of advice on uh overcoming something else that i've actually talked about a lot which is paralysis from analysis and i really think that that's the number one reason that people don't grow that they don't especially I think in in their spiritual life is that they get paralysis from analysis they overthink it I'm a 
the more I think about it, I am a ridiculous overthinker. Right. I really do overthink mm -hmm. things. And so maybe, just maybe, processing a lot of this in conversation and with anybody that wants to come along and listen, sure, that might help all of us. Right. Yeah. That's well, kind of the idea, right? Yeah. And what you're kind of talking about, there's two ends of the continuum as far as decision making. There's processors mm -hmm. who think things through. Right. And, and do the pros and cons. And, you know, they ask for the meeting so that they can hear from everybody's you know, everybody's opinion and input. They want to process the information and data. On the extreme, I've seen people who set meetings so they can schedule future meetings mm. to talk about the decision. Sure. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have, um, it's called judgment. Um, these individuals make decisions. They, they take the data available, consider that, and just based on the data they have, they make a decision. And so they're more trial by error. You know, this is what we know. Let's do this. That didn't work out. <laughs> Let's feed that back into the equation and try something new. And on the extreme of the judgment kind of end of the spectrum, yeah. you have people are highly impulsive <clears throat> and, and making decisions to act without thinking things through very well. Sure. And so there's a, there's a good balance in the middle. Um, it's good to think things through, uh, but at some point, sooner rather than later, is my preference, make a decision to do something and then process it again. Mm. Yeah, that's good. The interesting thing here also is that, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, I can hear a lot of the people around me saying, did you really think this through? <laughs> <laughs> so again, is this all in my head? Because I'm also not the guy who is interested in all the details. You can attest to that. Right. Uh, where I've been thinking, 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 okay, let's do it. But then I'm not the guy to put together all the, the, the process thought and exactly how we're going to go about it. Maybe that's an excuse as well, where I've been living at 35,000 foot, being the vision guy. Um, well, and as the, the lead pastor for a church, you're kind of like the CEO. You have the vision, you, you have the direction you want things to go, you see what's on the horizon, the trends, you, God is speaking to you and giving you the leadership direction for the church. And what helps you is when you have people working there who are willing and able to implement your vision because you can't do everything uh, you know you you have a vision for how the the grounds should look well you can't be the one out there mowing the lawn every week you you, you have a vision for how the lobby should look and the and the sanitary kind of conditions of the, the building and the bathroom, that's not the job for you to go out there and disinfect, you know, the toilets. But as the visionary, as the CEO, which all companies need, you're, you're the guiding rudder. You have the vision, you have the leadership, you're trying to steer 
the church in a certain direction and that's your role yeah and what you need to do uh, what good companies do then is surround themselves with people who can do all the operational stuff and, and make your vision come true sure i still uh, struggle with being confident in vision and i'm certainly not the type of person who feels like i'm the only uh one that god speaks to um but yeah you're right i mean right. there has to be somebody at all points driving the bus or it's not going to go anywhere correct and so you know it's easy for us to say well jesus he took the wheel well that's awesome but i think there's a lot of times where he's like i just rather kind of sit in a seat and hang out with uh all of you somebody drive the bus well what's your favorite scripture yep ephesians three twenty. god can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request he does this not by pushing us around, but by his spirit deeply and gently within us. So when I sit back and say, Jesus, take the wheel, mm-hmm. he's probably in the back seat looking at me going, <laughs> I'm back here. Yeah. I want to do it through you. Yeah. I'm not going to be a backseat driver and push you around. Yeah, that's I, good. I, I want to do it through you. And so we still have to be hanging onto the wheel and then listening to that guidance and praying for the courage uh, and faith to carry out what we think he's telling us. Mm. That's really good. That, that's a mic drop moment right there. Mm, boom. Yeah, that, now, that's good. To put it in a language, I, I first had to hear it to understand it. Mm-hmm. And it's Mike. Uh, gentleman that was on the board, uh, him and Judy. Rail? Mike Rail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he shouted out one time, <laughs> uh, you can't steer a car that ain't moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. We have to be moving in order for God to direct us. Mm. If we're just sitting in the parking lot, we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, that's good. So I love Mike. Yeah. I love this Mike. Mike and Judy. Amazing, amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so why don't you do this real quick? Um, Tell us how you have, over the years, connected your uh, career, your occupation, with your faith. Well, and I would have to say it is definitely a Holy Spirit thing. Mm-hmm. because at different points in my life, I have picked up the Bible and read a chapter or two and you know, really kind of looked at the words on the page and, and had that thought of what am I supposed to get from this? Yep. And it was really more of an exercise of reading mm. most of my life. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the lines, you know, even as far back, I think, as... 2004 mm-hmm. um, I remember feeling and, and that's I gotta say it's a feeling now because I can't remember the thought I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday but right I remember sitting down with the Bible looking at it reading it trying to understand how the Bible related to what I'm doing in my daily life sure 
you know, what am I supposed to get out of this that's supposed to help me every single day? Yeah. At the time, I was teaching a class on stress management, and there was just something in my mind that there's something in this book mm-hmm. that would uh, support or enrich this class. And I remember that a long time ago, but I could never really connect those dots. Mm. And along the way, I met Pastor Dennis Wallace. Yep. Uh, very influential pastor in the region. Uh, lots of people have grown up through him. And talking with him, he really kind of helped me begin to connect those dots about how some of the scripture relates to what we're going on in a daily life. Sure. And as I began to see that, that this is a useful instrument for me, I think the next step came in to kind of connecting what I'm hearing and reading in the book to the the theory of psychology and the various tools that psychologists study and learn to use with people. And in large part, the the field of psychology is uh, helping people change how they think. Mm -hmm. Now, different psychologists have different tools. Some people are more client-centered. Some people are more uh, existential. Uh, There's different ways to talk to somebody to help them learn to think differently. Yeah. And I settled in on uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. Because that fit with me and my understanding of things more, maybe my military history of here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, do it this way. Right. And uh, there was a point in which you had invited me to do the stress and anger management class at Grace Point. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but I had all the material written. I've been doing it for 15 years, but I'm looking at it going, well, I'm taking this into a church. (laughs) Maybe I ought to put a scripture in it or two <laughs> yeah <laughs> so as to you know please pastor mike because he said he's going to sit through that first class mm-hmm. so that's when i sat down and started really trying to see how these two could line up and i began to see i would say parallels between some of the scriptures and what i was teaching but then i came to realize this is the original knowledge yeah um you know, Romans 12 to yep. transform by the renewing of your mind. Right. If you want to become a different person, if you want to become a better person, change how you think. And, yeah. and from that moment, that class, the conversations you and I have had, that's just, you know, burrowed itself further and further in until it's hard to see the separation anymore. Yeah, absolutely. As I... <clears throat> Excuse me, as I think back on that, and it's not really in my character uh, necessarily as uh, well, but you've brought back to me like a first draft, and it had like a scripture. Right. But then I sent you back for more. Right. Yeah, to bring more. Right. Like really tie those together, and then you really dug in. So that was definitely a, a God-inspired uh, situation that, you know, I was doing something that wasn't necessarily what I would typically do. I'm kind of that whole ready, aim, and go. 
And so, yeah, that's, I had forgotten about that. And for the audience out there, I would say there's about four or five aims in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you did a sermon series off of that, that really lined up well. And I think everybody's kind of lost sight of what that sermon series was. And so people ask me, you know, why do you call it the crash course? And I think they're connecting it to uh, what you see on YouTube or in just here's a down and dirty look at something. Sure. But the actual origins of that was your sermon series crash. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do now. And so you shared with the audience, tell them about the rhino. Tell yeah, them. the rhino. So a, a group of crows is called a murder. A, uh, <laughs> a group of rhinoceros are called a crash. Right. And what's interesting about that is that a rhinoceros can only see like 30 feet in front of it. Right. And so they have a tendency to talk about ready, set, go. They have a tendency to just go full board after something, not having any idea what's 30 feet ahead of them. Well, and actually, and I remember the sermon series is emblazoned in my brain, partly because I went and Googled it after you said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rhinoceros, you said, can see eight to 10 feet in front of them. Oh, okay. But they can run there at you a go. top speed of 30 miles an there hour. There you go. That's right. And that mental image of a group of rhinoceros running 30 miles an hour, only able to see eight feet ahead from them, you then likened <laughs> it to the church. Yeah. What would it be like if all of us were in a crash running full bore only worrying about what's eight feet ahead of us, mm. which kind of takes you back to the scripture where God says, uh, King David or somebody in the book mm-hmm. said, he lighteth the lamp at my feet. Sure. He's not showing us the full plan 20 years from now. He's yep. lighting the lamp today. Right. And if we could run full speed ahead, only worrying about the next eight feet, what kind of powerful impact would we be able to have? And I've always kind of kept that mentality since you shared that with the congregation Hmm. is this is a way to proceed. Yeah. It's too bad. I forgot all that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week. Don't worry about what other people are going to think or how this may impact. Right. If you feel, this is the next step. Take it boldly. Mm. Run forward with it. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or disappointed, for I am with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9. I've been preaching on that for a month and a half. Right. So <laughs> it's a great reminder. Wow. This has been great. No, this has been great. Um, it's hard to believe. I'm going to cut that um out. Yeah, okay. Realize that. (laughs) And so for an ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's value everybody's time. Correct. Yeah. The ending is, I'm Mike, I'm Lance. We are just these guys, you know. Tune in next week for the next episode. I like that. (laughs) 